So hello everyone and welcome to episode two of the Get Up and Show Up podcast. Um, first of all, you might all hear me in a little bit of higher definition. So thanks to my brother for that. Um, shout out to Shane. Uh, very excited, but also very nervous again today to introduce a fantastic lady and a fantastic guest to the podcast, Patricia Daly. Um, I'm going to hand over to Patricia to do that introduction herself because I don't think I would do much justice for her in that area. Um, but first of all, before I get into that, I'd just like to say thank you so, so much to everyone so far who's tuned in to the first episode, who has left lovely reviews on the Instagram page and who has interacted with the Instagram page in general. Um, it's been much appreciated and I'm so glad that we have the listeners that we have so far and really looking forward to more and getting into more uh, with Patricia today. So hello, Patricia. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much, Kira. It's great to have uh, this invite onto your show, your podcast. Um, yeah, I am nervous too. You know, that nervousness, that anxiety, it's a human thing with everybody. You know, I, I don't think there's anybody that out there doesn't feel some kind of pings of anxiety, nervousness, call it what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, um, I deal with it in a way that <laughs> you wouldn't even know yeah. I'm nervous, you know, to look at me. That's what I've been told. But inside, um, inward, in my internal world, there's a feeling of like, uh, how is it going to go? Yeah. Oh my God, what am I going to say? How am I finding the answers? And do you know what? The answer, I learned this through online courses myself that I've joined. I've learned this over the years really is trust your gut, yeah. trust your intuition, mm. um, surrender to your inner wisdom because we all have it surrender to your uh, that thing intuition mm-hmm. and that, that gut feeling that's the thing that everyone dismisses you know you get it in a moment just like that it'll come in very quickly and very quickly you will dismiss, dismiss it and i think it's knowing to trust yourself you have the answers they're all there within you Wow, I love that word intuition. It's probably one of my favorite words at the moment, favorite terminologies. And I think you've given us a really good insight there, Patricia, already as to the work that you do. And the words are just flowing. And I love it. I love the vibe that me and you have when we bounce off each other. We did, especially in our first call. Um, and it's bringing back a lot of memories about who is Patricia Daly and uh, what is Patricia Daly's work. So tell us a little bit about you. Who, who, are, who is Patricia Daly? What does Patricia Daly do? And um, why should we link in with Patricia Daly? Who, what's your, what's your work? What's your go-to? Yeah, well, my go-to is music, mm-hmm. music and singing. And who is Patricia Daly? That question. A lot of people seem to know the name Patricia Daly locally here. Um, someone might say, oh, my daughter's learning with Patricia Daly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know that name, <laughs> is what a lot of the response is. 
and that feeds back to me and it's like I didn't realize people know the name Mm -hmm. but they don't know me as a personally but the the name is out there and I suppose at this age you know I'm well into my years now (laughs) Um, and my journey all through my life has been music um I started at the age of seven, six or seven, with the piano. Uh, I was born into a musical family. My mother played the the fiddle, the Irish fiddle. And her brothers also were very musical. I had an uncle who played with Brian Call and the Ramblers. Philomena Begley joined them as, as well. And he was on the road. Uh, during the dancing, that dance era, he was on the road with that and travelled as part of a dance band. So there is the music is coming down through that. Mm-hmm. And then my grandfather was also very musical and my grandmother. So it goes right back through the generations. But um, back to whenever I was seven, started the piano. All my brothers, sisters, uh, four of us actually went for piano lessons and it was Suzette Boyd who taught us and her mother always came out towards the end of the lesson with a tray (laughs) of tall glasses with brown lemonade ice cream and a long big straw coming out of that lovely liquor bocker glories I think (laughs) we call them yes and we went for that that was the highlight of our week on a Friday night, into the piano lessons and sitting along the sofa, waiting for Suzette's mummy to come out with all of this. And I didn't practice. And I I was taken away from the piano. And after a while, I said to my mother, I really miss the piano. Mm -hmm. I want it back. And then she brought me back and Suzette was good enough to take me back. But years afterwards, I revealed it to my mother and father that um, it wasn't the piano lessons. It was the Knickerbocker glory <laughs> that brought me back, that enticement. Oh, yeah. that's brilliant. So, that's very honest for me. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I tell that story a lot. Um, then take me on ahead up through the years, uh, up through school. Yeah, at school, I wasn't accepted for the choir mm-hmm. I, I was about probably around the same age maybe a little younger uh, auditioned for the primary school choir I was nervous I felt very insecure in myself and that came out in my voice and I began I sang out of tune mm. and I remember the teacher saying to me you will never make a singer oh, wow. so that that statement carried through my life for well into my 40s. And that had a huge impact on my confidence. Uh, that was one thing. Now, take me on through up through the years. Uh, I was about 14, 15 and studying for exams, GCE, I think they were called at that time. And the pressure of all of that triggered a reaction um, 
that brought about a health condition mm-hmm. where I could take stress. I couldn't take the pressure of school. Mm-hmm. So I sat, I think I studied nine of those GCEs and I sat five of them mm-hmm. and I got through and passed them. And then at that point of time, I was taken out of school because of health problems. Um, that had a huge impact. Uh, again, a huge impact on who I was, uh, how I felt, and the person I wanted to become, but yet there was barrier after barrier or health block after block. Um, take me on through to 18. I, yeah, whenever I was in school, 15, 16, 14, 15, it was just at the beginning of the GCEs. Um, I moved from piano to harp. Mm-hmm. I was introduced to the harp by Brian and Ethna Valley from the Armagh Pipers Club. Um, no one was teaching it, but because I was learning music at school and because I had the piano experience, I was asked to take the harp, play around with it, mess around, have a bit of fun with it, see what I can do. And that began a long trail of um, um, revival, really, of an instrument that was in its dying stages mm-hmm. uh, in the culture, culture of Ireland, because it's the national instrument of the country. And at that time, it was very much on its way out because no one was playing it. It was a few of us playing it. I somehow was able to bring myself into learning it and arranging um, arranging bass and arrangements of the music that I was seeking out or um, was given to me. So at 18, 19, I was, I entered the All-Ireland Flat Hill. Hmm. Um, about that a little bit. Yeah. Sorry, I put it in there. Sorry, just, I was just saying if you, ha- if you wanted to tell us about that, because I, I even heard your voice uplift when you were talking about that a little bit. Really? Where did you hear my voice uplift? Just when you were talking about uh, entering the competition at, at 18, 19. Oh. Yeah. Wow, that's an interesting because there was a lady that I admired. She totally inspired me, Maureen Akatasi, and she's a very huge name today. And I was lucky enough to get into her workshops at about 17. Again, making my way to that all Ireland, but never winning, but always reaching mm. to the stage, getting into her class her workshop a week and she would have given me pieces and I would have taken those pieces home with me and worked all year on them mm-hmm. and really worked hard because she had given me the base, the arrangement, the fingering, the technique. She'd given me everything that I could not find whenever I was working on my own with it. Mm-hmm. And I'd come back the following year into her workshop and she would have commented about how I was taking her music, her teaching 
a way and working on it that was basically I was teachable. And then she was winning the All-Ireland. And I thought, there's no way I will be able to win putting myself up against her. And I entered anyway, thinking that I was going to be competing against her. And what happened was she wasn't in the competition, but she was on the, the panel of adjudicators. Wow. And yeah, I was so nervous. Um, there's that anxiety and nervousness again. Mm-hmm. I was hugely nervous. We were in a little small room. A lot of international visitors would come over to Ireland at that stage. I was in the centre of the room, surrounded by Americans, German people, international people, English people. Oh, they're from all over the world. They would travel into the country. And they, many of them didn't or had never seen a harp in live performance before. And I remember playing. I was so nervous, I broke down. Oh. And Laura said to me, Pat, that was my name. People who were close to me called me Pat. So Pat, take your time. Mm. And that calmed me down, that settled me down. And you know, the people were about three, like one meter, three feet, about a meter away from me mm. in a circle around me. So if you can imagine in the center and then your audience starting a meter out from you out into a small compact room um yeah overwhelming very much so by the you can nearly feel how that would feel almost from what you're telling us yeah and i played through the pieces that i had worked on with three of them and i play them even today there's one of them called the lament of the wild geese um it's a beautiful piece that, that represents the there's a section in it that represents the keening of the women uh, the mothers, the daughters who were standing on the shores, um, keening and in sorrow and pain at their loved ones heading out to sea. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was out to battle. And many of them would never return home. They would just die out there on the front line, get killed. And this, there's a huge keening tradition in Ireland as well. And that there was a part of that piece of music that uh, represented that in the, the way the music and the chords were being played. So um, moving on from that, uh, following year, I came back again, defended my title and got it. I was fine. And that was the start of my, um, my goals, my vision in life. My big vision was playing the harp, being able to play the harp. The next big vision was winning the All-Ireland title. And then that opened up huge opportunities because, again, I was part of a a club of musicians organised by Brian and Esther Navalny. They're well-known today as the Armagh Pipers Club. And... They were involved, Brian was involved with international sports and that was giving opportunity for concerts abroad at these huge international sports events. So there would have been myself, Brian, and his wife, Ethna, 
maybe as a small group and then there would have been us and a few other musicians as a, a larger group and the opportunity was myself on stage playing in front of a large audience and I felt so empowered very nervous yes but again it was another achievement and achievement yeah you could say it that way uh, another goal um, so playing the harp really was very very lucky it brought me it was the it was a thread nearly bringing me through all the opportunities I was given and at that time because I was young I didn't recognize the opportunity or appreciate it mm -hmm. but looking back on it today um there is huge appreciation and gratitude really for that um another part of it was playing for his holiness the pope uh, he came to ireland pope john paul ii and again with brian and ethna and myself we played um for him and that was, again, at the time, I didn't appreciate it because I was still young. Mm -hmm. Looking back, that was a, that was a huge um, pivot point, you could say, in life mm -hmm. for me. Well, I think I'll stop talking because there's one thing after another really just starts, when you start like this, things just begin to come up through you it just comes yeah, out no that's totally normal and it's great that you're able to relay that story it's part of who you are and it's part of why I suppose before we go into it I connected with you Patricia um I want to talk about that a little bit but I suppose before I do that what brought you to the at that stage when I worked with you you were a mindset coach and therapeutic singing tutor and that's how I reached out with yourself um so it's really important that we hear that story because again that's how we connected that's how I found you and that's where I started working with you but what got you to the stage where you came from that music that level of music and then continuing that into the mindset coach and where did that where did that happen at what stage did that happen that mindset coaching started, that interest really in it started when I, when I was about 45. Mm -hmm. um, the All-Ireland and the playing at those concerts would have been whenever I was in my early 20s. Mm. So the part of, and, and that health condition was still lingering over me. Mm -hmm. So... Um, the that space there between what was that about 20 years mm -hmm. just over 20 during those 20 years i still had um an interest in singing but felt i i couldn't sing i wasn't capable i wasn't good enough i wasn't a singer all of these thoughts which came from that statement yeah. so i still went after singing lessons i would have sang very interested in the traditional the harp singing, you know, singing with the harp, but still couldn't bring the two together because it's a very difficult thing to do yeah. for me to sing and play an instrument to accompany yourself. Uh, I went to, there's a local lady, um, Phil Campbell. Um, I went to her. I also, Tommy Sands would have been another person. Colm Sands, the Sands family, mm -hmm. uh, been local. So I, 
somehow I was able to um, surround myself with that type of person who was still very much musical and very much in the singing end of it. Um, ah, right enough, yeah. Whenever I was about 30, mm-hmm. was it in the 30s or mid 30s, I entered an international singing competition with harp accompaniment. That was the first of my singing um, competitions. And again, um, very, very uh, nervous and, and very little to no belief in my ability again to sing. And I wanted to win. Mm-hmm. But it didn't win the first time around. <laughs> again, it's the same pattern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was there. yeah. 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 So failure triggers you to go back again and, and get up and go. Get yeah. up and show up this, <laughs> this podcast. Yeah. Failure embracing, going through. Pulled me down. Yeah, I, I was totally sunk at the time. And I remember sitting in the audience and the tears tripping me. And I'd be called up for second place. And there was me. I'd go up to take my prize. And I turned around in front of everyone. And I said, but I wanted first place. Okay. Just like that, it yeah. came out. And I didn't. Yeah. Looking, looking back. But anyway, I went back and got international singing artist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, isn't funny? Good. Uh, one, that then led to uh, giving me hope yes, that there was capability in me, even though that health condition was there. Yeah. That health condition, um, my family and my close friends would have uh, protected me, mm. surrounded me with a lot of kindness, a lot of love, a lot of nurturing. And that didn't do me any good. But at the time, they would have known and thought that was the best thing to do. Yeah. But yeah. what that, you know, isn't it funny how you look back through situations and you see how things create um, limiting beliefs yeah. in you? Yeah, absolutely. That's I don't even have words. I'm lost for words because as you tell me that story, it brings up the work that I done with yourself, Patricia, as well. And completely, I, I get that. And the reason that I wanted to have you on today was, as I spoke about, you know, I was looking back at my journey and where this all started for me. And I it wouldn't be fair to look back without recognising people like yourself who were a part of my journey and still are thankfully a very important part of my journey um and just like that and like I spoke about with you to you sorry I didn't recognize that them things back then when I was doing the work with you and it's only now recently in the in the past couple of months that the work that I did with yourself has come alive if that makes sense um and I spoke to you about um working with you and being present but not being present if that makes sense so I was in the room I was doing the work I was showing up but I felt like I wasn't present and that frightened me at the time because that told me that there was something else going on the my mind was preoccupied with other things um and normally 
when I deflect from these kind of situations, it's because I don't want to do the work. I don't want to open up. I don't want to become vulnerable. Um, and that's exactly what was happening. I was emotionally shutting down. I was doing the opposite to what I said I was going to do when I contacted you and started the work with you. Um, but as we spoke about, that was my best version of showing up at the time. And, you know, I don't regret any of that because look where it's led me now. Um, so that was in our first chat, that was one of the most powerful things I took out of it was that I was like, the work is happening for me now. Um, the results are happening more so than the work actually. And, you know, yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I know we spoke about that and like, we both bounced off each other quite a lot on that, but I suppose to touch on, I know I haven't really covered it at all yet, but so for me, this was this whole mindset thing was completely new to me, Patricia, and reaching out to yourself was so unique. This this program that you brought forward for me was therapeutic mindset coaching with singing lessons. So anyone who doesn't know me, um, I am a bit of a dark horse. I do love singing. I, I am going to own the fact that I can sing. Uh, and I've always took a lot from music. Music is very therapeutic to me. So um, whether that's in the shower, whether that's professionally, not professionally, whatever that may be, I love singing. I just find it's so therapeutic um, and I love listening to music and other people's music as well. So when I reached out to Patricia um, for the, initially for the singing lessons, this program was put forward, the therapeutic mindset program. And it scared me. It scared me initially, to be honest. I was like, you know, why would I need to be doing therapeutic mindset work? And why would this be connected to music? But when I looked at it, the reason I was going to singing lessons was to get in touch with my inner self through music, if that makes sense. And so why not do the therapeutic inner work as well as, you know, along the same program? So, you know, it was it was everything that I needed at the time. And it was handed to me in one big program, which was absolutely amazing. And I think I worked with you for was it six months at the time? Um, and we broke that program down to six months rather than the three months like condensed course um which you know it was the best thing that could have happened because I needed that prolonged period to nearly just to get in touch with my inner voice inner mindset whatever that was that I was looking to find at the time um and some of the work that I done with Patricia still still baffles me I, I just think it's absolutely you know if everyone got a hold of that program the world would be a better place to be fair um some of the work that I did still sticks with me, as I said, like we, we spoke about core values and every single day, a day doesn't go by where I'm not speaking about my core values. And I think my friends and family are getting sick of it at this rate. I'm like, no, that doesn't, that's not in line with who I am. Or, you know, I'm using this terminology, this language now that is in line with who I am. And I, I, I wasn't like that before. And, you know, that in itself was very therapeutic to be able to get that empowerment, get that confidence to be in line with who I am, who my, what my core values were for a start to find out what they were and then to live in line with them. And I remember <laughs> Patricia asking me um, the question at one stage and you'll probably remember this, Patricia, you said, well, is that in line with who you are? And I just, I nearly freaked out because I didn't even know who I was. I, I totally lost touch of who I even was. So I couldn't answer that question at the time and it's only now that I look back and I've done the work with Patricia I realized none of it was in line with my core values um so yeah it was hard work Patricia um and I know yeah. you, you spoke to me um in the last call and you know you said something to me that that sticks with me you said I remember 
me and Patricia would be sitting in the same room as each other doing the work. And Patricia reminded me that anytime she got close to me in my physical space, I would nearly shut down emotionally. And, you know, I was thinking about that since. And, you know, it's absolutely amazing that you could pick up on things like that, because I remember having this physical boundary nearly um, like a hula hoop around me, but it wasn't even a physical boundary. It was an emotional boundary for any time you tried to tap into that work with me. I would nearly shut down or deflect or do something to get away from the question, if that makes sense. And, you know, at the time, that was my best version that I could give. But now it has made me be so open to questions like that and be so open to therapy, mindset work, empowerment work, uh, confidence work, whatever that may be. Um, but it's taken time. It's taken time, Patricia. I think you I think you'll agree. <laughs> yeah. It's a process. Yeah. You have to digest it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we done some work. Um again, this is the first time I've spoke about doing this work uh on air at all. In fact, some of my family and friends aren't even aware that I done this work, which is fine because I think self-development is very self like it's very personal and you know it's over to yourself um as to how much of that you want to share with anybody or any uh, anybody actually family friends colleagues whoever that may be and I was saying to Patricia I found that very empowering in itself that I was able to own this piece of work even though it was very tough I felt like at times I was lone wolfing it um I still find it very empowering to know that I was going through this work doing it and and also coming out the other end of it a, a better version of myself every time like I remember the the singing part of it like the the singing lessons part of it so the way Patricia would have worked it with me was we went in we did a piece of work we paused we sang a song we went back to the work we paused we sang another bit of the song and then that was that session done but it was only when I got into the car on the way home everything was digesting you know nothing really happened in my head it was like a, a lovely space just to be present if that makes sense and it was only when I got back into the car I was like oh my goodness this woman knows her stuff you know <laughs> this woman is tapping the nail on the head <laughs> wow that's a lovely compliment mm-hmm. yeah. it's funny you said something there um oh what was it it'll come to you <laughs> there's so much yeah go on ahead you were very easy to teach because you did the work Mm. I could see you wanted to move forward Mm. Uh, everyone only works at their own pace and basically up to the teacher mentor coach whatever name you want to put on us um we can meet you where you're at yeah and we don't force it on you but we do enough to keep pulling the thread to pull you forward in it yeah at you know, at, a, at a that's equal to where you're at but bringing you that little bit higher in the level and deeper in yourself yeah. Uh, that bringing you deeper in yourself is like reaching a, yeah, your core. Your core actually, this is something I'm teaching today. The core is your source. And that source that I talk about is your source inner 
inner source power, the mm. source of your creativity, the source of your inner wisdom, the source of your inner calm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the source of your inner peace. Um, a lot of people are in chaos. Yeah. Whenever they come to me. Yeah. And I can I can sorry to interject but I can de- definitely say that that was me I was one of those clients no 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 that's not what I meant I don't mean it to take it for you to take it to heart no, no 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 I'm going to own that I was definitely internally in chaos yeah. I know you yeah. might not but uh, might not agree but I am 100% owning the fact that I was in inner chaos when I came to you so I, I certainly set the standard of hard work <laughs> Where you are now you've gone from inner chaos to inner calm oh massively uh, massively yeah. Patricia. and it's so it's so refreshing to be able to you know I was actually speaking to my life coach about this and I know I said it to you but you know it was really difficult for me to reach back out to you because as I said at the end of our journey I kind of shut off a little bit and that there was a lot of guilt associated with that because I knew I wanted more but I knew that my plate was very full and any more would have tipped over the edge you know and I just knew I had to stop where with the information I had and the growth that I did have and own that first and then move forward and it's only by having stopped that I was able to say gosh you know and take ownership for the bit that I did do so far and then when I did reach back out to you I was walking on clouds for about two days afterwards because I was so delighted to hear from you and to also share how empowered I have become and how much has changed in my life since we spoke last for the better and you know yes I take ownership for the part the part that I've played in that but certainly had to reach back out to you yourself to give some of that ownership back to you because you helped me with that work and you came along that journey with me um perhaps more than I ever recognized at the time mm. That's lovely to say. <laughs> and actually, when you reached back out to me, uh, it was actually a beautiful message that I got from you mm-hmm. because I hear, I totally knew you. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, like, hi, hi, Patricia, this is me. This is this new girl that yeah. you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it has spilled into your uh, nutrition, yes. your personal life, your physical life. Mm-hmm. You're really saying yes to all of that now. Yeah, massively. I mean, yeah, the mindset part of it does spill into career, family, uh, relationships, friendships, Mm -hmm. um, physical, mental, everything. It it literally has has, has spilled into everything. And one of the things, go on ahead, Patricia. The domino effect. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. And I remember doing an exercise with yourself um, that you asked me to do. And I honestly, I couldn't get over the fact that you're asking me to do it at the time because I, I didn't know my backside from my elbow at this stage. So you said, it was a mirror exercise. And um, this was one of the things to, I'm assuming, to build self-confidence and like to get that instilled in you, which was to stand in front of the mirror, preferably mm-hmm. naked if, if applicable yeah. and nobody around <laughs> and to yeah. and to scan your body from head to toe now anyone like myself at the time who was self-conscious had uh, you know body image issues all of that stuff that is frightening to do and anyone that can tell me any different fair play to you but I did it I went home and I did it thankfully yeah. nobody around and you know something it was looking back one of the most empowering things um because one 
you asked me at one stage what what was unique about me and I and I think I I relayed what that was and then but I nearly used it as shame I was like you know this is unique about me and this is you know and now I'm able to stand in front of the mirror accept my body for what it is and accept the unique parts of that um so that I own me now I own me nobody else owns me and I am happy to accept the uniqueness of myself um and you know that that that's priceless absolutely priceless because if you can own yourself and show up for yourself and nobody else then nothing else in my opinion can go too wrong of course and it's something there that they've said um except mm. that's a huge word that's huge because yeah. people do not accept anything about things about themselves that they are feeling guilty about and first way to towards acceptance is welcome that feeling yeah I remember yeah take it by the hand as we spoke about the last time just welcome it Mm. and once you've welcomed it accept it and that can that may sound difficult but with the consistency of that just that simple exercise welcome it and accept it yeah it's like going back to my health condition. Mm-hmm. I felt very guilty about that for a, a long time. And now I've accepted it and talk about it. In those days, it was brushed under the carpet by everyone. Yeah. So thanks forward to our conversation now. Just yourself standing in front of the mirror. You were starting to accept little things, which became bigger things, which became bigger things again. Yeah, and again the process, and and at your pace. So this yeah. is the this is the the way we we be in service really to people who come to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's like yeah. I think if you have the ability to accept yourself, then it's easier for other people around you to accept you. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I know for me, like I, I know for me, it's like I am who I am now. Now, don't get me wrong, who I am in five years' time might be different than who I am now, because who I was five years ago is completely different to who I am now, and that's fine, that's growth. Um, but I find that now in my circle around me are much yeah. more accepting of who I am, and you know, and have a lot of my circle and my close circle at that have a very um strong confidence in me now if that makes sense so you know for me to go about my day-to-day business the way I believe is right whether that be career family relationships friendships uh, there's a lot of belief in me a lot of confidence in me and that's because I have that in myself first and foremost but do you notice a change in the circle of friends oh big time big time my they yeah. are yeah my circle uh, around me is very very I'm very particular now whereas I wouldn't have been before and the, the girls the boys the friends the family that I have around me are the only people I would want around me at this particular time in life um so yeah definitely it's had a knock-on effect it's that domino yeah. effect yeah the reason I'm asking that is whenever we work internally and go through our inner blocks we are raising our um, we're raising our frequency, and then that frequency attracts that frequency back again. 
So yeah. if you are sitting down at a lower frequency, you're attracting that lower frequency type of person into your life and around you. If yeah. you raise your to the next level and the next level again, and it just keeps rising, uh, your frequency is rising, your vibration, all of that is rising, changing, getting lighter, not heavier, getting lighter, and you're attracting that frequency into you. So that type of person is coming into you. So that's the, you'll notice that people, anyone listening here, you would, you, and if you've done work like this with anyone, you've probably noticed your circle frames changed. Yeah. They've changed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know that's really important that you say that because even here in this back now it's so funny because I remember all this coming to me when I was doing the, the pro- uh, program with you and I was like honestly I was like what is this woman talking about higher frequency I had no idea and everything you say is spot on and makes sense now like like has done for the past couple of months thankfully but at the time it was really hard to accept that I was part of this program I was doing this work and I I couldn't feel it if that makes sense I couldn't but you know it's so important that I did show up at that time as I said a minute ago because look as you said where am I now and where where would I have been if I hadn't done that work but there's a huge part of that Patricia and it came up in the program as well about hidden rewards do you remember we spoke about those that's right the price the price you pay yeah yeah so tell tell us a little bit about that for anyone listening Um, what the hidden rewards are uh, in life, I suppose, and the price that you pay in certain circumstances. Right. Um, kind of simplest way to explain this is we have a blind spot. Mm-hmm. And it's called a blind spot because we don't know it's there. Yeah. And anyone that is working with you can bring your attention to the existence of the blind spot. It's in in the brain, in the mind, subconscious. And if you were to look back through your life, uh, trauma incidences, um, things that would have happened that were really, really hurtful, Mm-hmm. You close down, you shut down. You, your body will try to forget that. Your brain will try to forget that. Mm-hmm. And when it forgets that, it pushes it into Yeah. Coaching that, there's a lot of coaches, personal development, life coaches. There's a lot of people out there teaching this. And when we teach the exercises, when we teach the programs, it could be a four-week program, three-month program, six-month program, whatever little jumpstart program, even if you went to, you could do one all around the blind spot. Mm-hmm. Um, we teach exercises that bring your awareness to something that, is, has, that has happened in your childhood. And the way you find it is you just keep journaling, journaling around the feeling. Let's say you're feeling, okay, let's say you're feeling you can't sing. Mm-hmm. And you journal around that feeling and you put on the page how you feel, literally, how you feel. Yeah. I feel hopeless. I feel so insecure. 
I feel so useless. You know, it's this type of stuff that is what's coming out. Mm-hmm. Then you circle those words. Not everyone, you circle the words that are repetitive through that journal. Mm-hmm. And that would become something to work on. And as we would work on that, we also ask, what's the price you're paying <laughs> holding on to feeling this way? Yeah. Yeah, I got um, sorry. I, I don't mean to laughter or interrupt you, but I got no, like, no. A, a huge ball of anxiety come up me remembering a piece of work that I done with yourself, and it's it's that because it was in such a blind spot for me. Um, and I don't know how we ever came about finding it, but if you remember the work that I done on communication, so you done a lot of work with me about becoming irresistibly able to communicate like your communication style being irresistible you know confident assertive all of this stuff and that was far far and few between from where um I was at at the time but I remember saying to Patricia um in a certain circumstance which was in my relationship at the time where my communication style was to shut off just completely stop talking Mm -hmm. go upstairs hide into my pillow and it was only whenever I was chatting it out with Patricia we recognize that that communication style of shutting down, hiding the face in the pillow, not wanting to talk, all came from a childhood um, habit of me going up and hiding in my pillow and not wanting to chat. You know, it was like the complete, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Avoidance, just complete avoidance and the comfort that I got from hiding (laughs) in a pillow. And only for I recognize that from the work that we done I got to see how many times that was happening. So every time it was like the awareness, every time it happened, every time I shut down and hid my face in a pillow, it was like, okay, Kira, there's something happening here. You're avoiding something. We need to look at this. And you're doing that self-talk. Um, yeah. So when you were talking there about that, I got that whole big memory back, which was fantastic because I'm pleased to say that that hasn't happened since, thankfully. <laughs> no, once, once it's cleared, it's gone forever yeah well I don't um, I don't know if it would be gone forever like I mean no, from no, look, just let me explain a little bit about it sure. once it's cleared it's gone forever at that it's like an onion skin that yeah. onion skin peels off it's gone forever yeah I'm with you I'm with you yeah yeah the next onion skin peels back and off it's gone forever yeah. so the level that you're at that time and you work through and you burst through it, mm. is gone forever, that block. And then you rise into the next level and you go deeper. So it's, that's, that's what I mean by that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The price you pay, what I mean there is also what opportunities are passing you by that you are not recognizing are there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even to ask that question out loud for me, using that experience, what opportunities were passing by was being able to like simply communicate, simply get off my chest how I was feeling. That was an opportunity that I let pass. And instead that went internal then. It was it was an internal conflict with myself as opposed to an external productive conversation. It was going internal and I was left to sit with it on my own, which was unhealthy at the time. Yeah. And there's something you said earlier on. That's come back to me now. <laughs> That's yep. the thing I got. Therapeutic. Mm. Um, I kind of got from you there. You twinged around the word therapeutic. Mm. Am I right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Oh gosh, absolutely. Yeah. So that's interesting to hear because I would imagine there's a lot of people that have that same feeling towards that word. Mm. Uh, therapeutic mm, can be replaced with healing. Yeah. Healing would be a maybe a softer way of explaining it because it's the same thing. Any situation, for goodness sake, before we came on here in this call, one hour of tech difficulty <laughs> on yeah. yeah. about my stress level rising <laughs> and what's called a source spot exercise. Yeah. That is, it increases inner calm. Mm-hmm. It increases, it decreases stress. It brings you to a place of relaxation. Yeah. And as I yeah. continue to do it, and maybe even explain what I, the vision I was getting as I was going through it, maybe towards the end of this call. Yeah. Um, I, as I, I was sitting on the stool, as I was doing it, and my husband was working at the computer, uh, trying to reboot it and all. So as I was sitting on the stool, I was so uh, triggered. And I thought, oops, go to source. Yeah. Do you want me to go on or like explain yeah, it later? Sure, no, tell us. I'd, lo- I'd love to hear exactly how that went for you. Yeah, exactly. This is what I've introduced into my um, work today. And it spills into the singing and the music and the performance and the speaking is also part of it. Um, Source Spot is a name that we give to an area in the body that holds our power, our inner power, that could be the power of creativity, the power of anything, our power of performance, our power of speaking, our power of connecting with others. So I needed to connect to myself, to connect to source, Mm -hmm. to deeper, to bring myself out of being triggered into a place of calm. So I went to source. Source spot is found at the bottom of your tailbone area. Mm-hmm. You focus on that area. You draw a spot there visually. You imagine that spot as a magnet. You can give it a color if you want. The more you focus on that magnet, the more you're dropping from your head to your heart. Mm. The more you focus again on that magnet, there's an expansion of, again, I'm going to call this frequency energy. And let me explain what that is. We are all Everything in this world is energy. Mm -hmm. If you're beside a person and you click with them, that's an energetic connection. If you're beside a person and you don't click, you feel like I need to move back from this person. That's energy. So there's a we can all sense it. If you're out in the forest, out in the trees walking, and you stand and you look around you, in your very center of the forest, 
and tall, tall trees. And let's say it's on a, there's a wee mist rising, because I've been in this before. And you just stand and you just close your eyes and you feel there's an energy there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this is something that I would suggest some, you do someday, everyone listening, go out for a walk into the forest, get right into the center of it, close your eyes and stand for a moment and just feel what you're sensing. Mm-hmm. You'll sense that energy. But getting back here, um, the more you focus on source spot, the stronger it becomes, the heavier it becomes, the more you're getting out of your head, into your, your heart and into your body. Yeah, it can be deeper interesting. Than, right? Very interesting in that, like yeah. it's a, it's almost like a visualization as well, isn't it? Yes, it is because everybody gets a different color on that magnet. Mm. My color at the start was purple. Mm. I use it with my pupils. I use it with my students to get them to connect into the music. Um, I had a little girl there, a little harp pupil teenager, young teenager. And the first time she played the music, it wasn't connected. It was just played. And it was played in such a way that oh, I have to get through it. You know, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. I said, can I use another, uh, another method of working with you here just for a moment? Yeah, she says. So I said, what does that piece of music mean to you? Mm. She said, one word I asked her, give me one word. And she said, flow. Okay. So I took it through that exercise and I asked her to think of think of the theme flow mm-hmm. as a word. And the more she's getting connected to her source spot, she's connecting to the creativity in her body. And that creativity, <coughs> excuse me, that creativity is connecting to her creative flow in the body. And after a while, I got her to play the piece. So her piece was beautiful. It was flowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sitting, waving, sitting, swaying to it. So I was connecting to it. Yeah. And this was totally present to the music. Yeah. I could see a whole look on her face. And that was just using source spot. So it is a very, very powerful exercise. It is an ancient um, modality that is being revived at the moment. And I've got involved in an online course and will be certified, you know, getting finally fully certified and partly mm-hmm. certified now. But yeah, I, I use it all the time in every situation, especially when I'm triggered. And it yeah. works. It works. It's proven to work. It, um, it worked for me mm. when I was working with you. We did a little bit. We did it a little bit differently. I remember correctly. The first thing you did with me every time I come in was, Kira, what are your three wins this week? And I could have been just out of a 12 hour shift. I could have. My, my mind was chaos. And you automatically took me away from that by asking me, what are your three wins this week? Um, and then the next exercise we done especially if I wasn't connecting with the music was to stop pause and do the breathing exercise which was to breathe in a color and breathe out an extra color so it was like what color was I breathing in and at the start it felt very red and gray and 
black and then by the time I finished it was like green a a lot of green used to come up and pinks which was really nice because I'd normally be a gray girl (laughs) but this these bright colors were coming up and then you were explaining what them colors meant and then I felt more confident in myself and more calm and more at ease that I could then connect back to the music and it was it, it was that connection between mind and spot as you say that that made it work I think yeah yeah interesting I'm curious curious about something sure how did the name how did the name of your podcast come about yeah that's actually it's a really good opportunity to talk about that because I've been holding back from that a little bit um um so the get up and show up podcast um organically kind of came about between my two years it was like a it was a thought process that happened as I sat with a cup of tea in my mum's house I said to her mum I'm going to do a podcast and she was like all right now my mum hardly even knows what Instagram is so she first of all had to be explained to what a podcast was and we mm-hmm. talked about that a little bit and then she said why and I said I don't know I just have to and that was where it started for me it was like I felt like I had so much to give and say and and it's on like this podcast is under self-help so as I said at the very start of this I had no goals for this podcast bar to have fun like that was my first initial goal was to have fun doing this and if anyone else could get something from this podcast then that's a huge win in itself for me um as I said I've had some really good feedback already from people who have said you know what Kira I stuck this on I went out for a run and I came back feeling like a better version of myself and I'm like I can't believe people are putting this in their ears never mind doing it while they're running which is a tough task in itself you know but I suppose the name was very organic because it was a process of elimination from about 10 different other names and I slept on this one the rest of them just didn't feel right um but for me getting up and showing up was organic and based on my experience over the past two years where I was getting up some mornings most mornings but I certainly wasn't showing up the only areas of my life that I was showing up to as I said in my previous podcast was my relationship and my career so when I looked at where I was at now where I've come from and what I'm aiming to achieve which is number one to have fun and number two to provide any tips and tools that I can from my experience then it was only normal and natural to name it the get up and show up podcast and I said to you uh, the other day that I was really unsure about the name because it seems very like get up and show up just do it kind of attitude and that couldn't be further from the truth from this podcast this podcast is all about a safe space to talk about especially adversity like how getting over adversity and learning how to show up in the face of adversity especially because life is not simple life is a very uh wavy journey and so if you're able to get up any day regardless of what's going on that is a win in itself and then if you're able to show up on top of that being the authentic person that you know you are then you are doing this life thing right this whole thing we call life is crazy so if you're able to do that then you are winning in my opinion so yeah I I done a little um I done a little picture up a little bit of stuff for promotion and it looked right it felt right I showed it to two of my closest people in my circle and they gave me very good feedback from it and were like just go with it so yeah here we are episode two with a fantastic Patricia and getting to finally talk about the name so thanks for asking that Patricia. Lovely. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
yeah so it's going well and you know as I said and I've got it on my bio as well like this is this is a safe space Patricia so like there will be podcasts down the line where I'm talking to guests who perhaps have found it difficult to get up and show up uh, in any area of their life and so we have to find the balance I think and that word's very prevalent at the minute but we have to find the balance between you know I don't want to be positive Polly that's not my intention to go out there and spread this word of positivity I think it's really important and the listeners so far have found that you know it's an honest authentic chat about life experiences and self-help really on how to be the better version of yourself um I've had people reach out to me so far and ask me certain questions on my journey and I've been happy to share that but more importantly people who are picking this up and putting it in their ear are becoming better versions of themselves and I know that for sure because that's the feedback I'm getting and that is that lights a fire in my belly it really does yeah but especially like as I said it's important to look back on the journey and that's why I wanted you to come on to this Patricia because it's so unique what you do is so unique like even the harp in itself and what that represents to you your your adversity and your story of your condition your health condition and how you no longer allow that to limit you but to help you grow is absolutely amazing and I can resonate with that in many many ways and then where you're at now and you're you're still growing like when I spoke to you last you were on uh, I suppose title is title but it's what you are behind that you were a mindset coach and now you're an empowerment coach and you're doing that certification and everything else that comes around that so you're constantly growing and that's why it's so important for me to surround myself and have that circle of people around me because you know as we spoke about there as you grow your circle grows as well so um yeah it's been amazing even chatting to you for this podcast and I feel like a, a weight has been lifted off me because we were both so nervous for doing it uh, we had so much to talk mm-hmm. about but yeah um, I want to I want to finish off Patricia by if you don't mind by I suppose asking you because especially because you touched on the name there what does it represent for you when you hear that term get up and show up like what did you think maybe when, when you heard the podcast what did it represent to you hmm <laughs> no pressure oh, well. yeah it did trigger something that, and I don't mean trigger in a bad way it it, um, it made sense because mm. get up and show up is saying yes to yourself yeah the moment I my day starts with me time for myself and that is about 45 minutes to one hour doing a home workout yeah then I have my breakfast and then I go for about eight thousand steps which is about an hour's walk yeah then I start my day (laughs) and I work through the day in power hours I love which gives yeah let's say you want to get something done yeah my day is structured and this is something I'm, I would, um, I would uh, push really with people. Um, it's about a deep why, really. Mm. We, have cer- we have a certain type of person who is growth-oriented, and we have type of, types, a type of person who is comfortable at where they're at. And the, this deep why... And I'm not talking about why you want to do something. It goes deeper. You know, if you, 
for example, my, myself and yourself too. It's, you know, look at you, look at where you are today. Mm-hmm. You know, look back at your life and see how closed you were. Yeah. And yet you're in a dream job. Yeah, almost, almost. <laughs> you ask for. Yeah. And the way I teach people is I have like a, I stand now, I stand for personal empowerment through music performance. Yeah. And that would be like a mission to teach young adults and teenage children from the training that they need really from a source that they trust. Because the vision I have really is a community of young musicians, young musicians and people um, who are confident and empowered to fully express through their their art form. Yeah. And they're helping create an, an impact of awe and wonder in the world. Now, the reason why this is important to me is the deep why. I know just how debilitating it can be to lack confidence, to get out there and show up and connect in the music because I, the, the health condition really, yeah. that I developed in my teens and had held me back for years, uh, being protected by family and close friends. And I helping people overcome similar things they mightn't be health conditions, but their limited beliefs, mm-hmm. their self-sabotaging thoughts, their toxic emotions. And I'm also helping them connect to their source, um, creativity, inner power, really, in their body, which connects even deeper, grounding you on earth. And I'm trying to explain it so in a simple way, really. Yeah, yeah. So no, that, yeah, why, yeah. yeah that, that deep why never goes away. Mm. There's always an urge. It started with me whenever I, I was again young. I knew in my mind, I knew something was going on. I knew I wanted something. Um, I didn't know what I wanted. I, I knew uh, I felt very uh, um, unhappy. Um, Wanting something, but I didn't know what I wanted. Search, yeah, search. I was on an inner search. Yeah, yeah. I was going to um, a priest at Christmas um, on the altar for confessions, and I went up to him. I told him this. I said, "I don't know what I want, but I know I'm looking something. I'm on a search. I don't know blah, 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 all this mm-hmm. stuff." Paused, and he said to me, "Find a place to sit alone." And be with your thoughts. Yeah. And whenever you find out what it is that you want in life, you will feel ecstatic. Yeah. Oh, I can feel that. I, that I can agree. Yeah. 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 And that is how I feel every time after I feel mm-hmm. and I get up, I show up again, show up yeah. myself, and I try it again, and I, I, I'm successful to a certain degree. Uh, it's nearly like the book, The Heroine's Journey. I don't know if anyone knows it, but um, the person hears the calling. They follow the calling. They find the mentor. 
they're halfway through the circle and that's like a circle in my mind they reach the point of struggle that could be the failure mm-hmm. then they pick themselves up they go around keep going on come through it all get their success and they're back up at the top of the circle but they're at the higher level then they hear the calling again and they go after something else so that's the growth that I'm talking about every time you achieve and you get there and, and keep going your deep why is getting deeper mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I suppose more more passion and passion and more drive and more more confidence each time you go around that circle of yeah. yeah. And every time every time you get more confidence, um it inspires you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You yeah. become more radiant, you're more irresistible in in both your 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 you become more attractive as well. You know, for anyone out there, and I went through this, anyone who feels non-attractive because of where they're at at this point of time especially with COVID. Mm-hmm. COVID has brought in an awful lot of anxiety, an awful lot of stress, isolation and fear. And we're coming now into post-COVID. So anyone who's feeling all of this know there is a way out. Mm. And it starts with you, your internal search, your not search, but your internal journey. Because how you are on the inside reflects in your voice to the outside world your voice is the bridge whether that's in conversation communication just like this here our voices are reflecting our inner world anything you know the voice delivers your feed it's like feedback to how you are on the inside yeah it tells a story really doesn't it? it does yeah if you listen to the tone of a person's voice tells a lot everybody's going to be listening to our tones now and, and judging us Patricia yeah. <laughs> everybody's unique there's yeah. no two people in this world has the same voice just think about it mm. yeah it's very true and I suppose that leads us very nicely on to what I always do at the end is a wee quote Patricia I don't know if you have a little quote that sticks by you but I always add a new one in at the end and I didn't tell you this one on purpose because I wanted to see what came up for you but I have a little journal of quotes and I usually add one or two a week to it I don't add too many but this one came up for me for doing this piece today which was um not sure who wrote it but it said put yourself at the top of your to-do list every single day and the rest will fall into place beautiful yeah it kind of sums up a lot up doesn't it really especially with the get up and show up piece and the confidence and it it sums up a lot for me this week in general but uh everyone's very good I think in this day and age of doing to-do lists and I don't even like to-do lists myself personally but um sometimes we forget to put ourselves on that list as well I have a a nice one here from Simon Sinek oh tell me tell me tell me yeah I've actually have another one after this and um, this is success comes when we are in a clear pursuit of why we want it oh wow oh that's interesting the other one is coming from jessica perry Beebe. uh i i actually got this on either her facebook page or her instagram 
I find her very inspiring. Mm-hmm. So it goes like this, something like this. If you feel like you're always forcing yourself to get there, it's because you're not connected to what your bigger purpose is yeah. and what your deeper why is. Oh, that's interesting. I like that one. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure we can all relate to a time where where we can we've felt that and we've we've been forcing something to happen in our lives and it has yeah. just not worked out. <laughs> no. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Look, Patricia, I always end then just with three takeaways that you would like our guests that are listening to take away from this podcast. Um I'll add in one just to kick us off. Um if nothing else to take away, then just like Patricia said not so long ago, no matter what or what position you're in at the minute with your mindset, with your therapeutic work, with anything that's going on, just know that there is something out there for you, whether that be like the music, whether that be therapy, whether that be mindset coaching, whether that be physical coaching, whatever, there's something out there. It's about getting inspired to want to find that for me. So that would be my biggest takeaway from this one. What about yourself, Patricia? Have you one or two takeaways that you'd like the guests to kind of feel mm. after this podcast? Well, everyone has a passion for something. That could be as simple as baking a cake, mm-hmm. a scarf. You know, it can be so simple, planting a flower. And the thing is, how do you find that passion? There's a deep why behind it. Go after the why. Feel into your body. And then another thing I've taken away from this is no matter how you're held back, I think it's similar to what you've just said. Uh, If you have a, a health condition or a mental condition and you think you are feeling, you think you're in a place of hopelessness know that you can work through that. I know many, many mentors who have come through health conditions and they're coaching today. Wow. Yeah, they're, they're living what they're teaching, if that makes sense. And that's why I was very much attracted to your work because I knew that you were living and had lived that experience before coming out the other mm-hmm. end and teaching it and, and coaching it. So like it's that authenticity that I really value and that and I respect a lot in this work so um I know in the past I had one or two coaches that did not work for me and that's okay as well you know there's it's it's what you're attracted to and what works for you so yeah brilliant Patricia unbelievable stuff and lots to digest from this podcast and uh like we said at the start it takes everyone has their own time frame to digest this kind of stuff um but what I would say is my Instagram box is always open. My um, personal page is there as well. So Patricia, where do we find you? Where can we get a hold of your tag? Is it Instagram you're mainly using? I'm mainly using, I use a couple of platforms. I have Instagram, just Patricia Daly, um, underscore, yep. little line on. And um, what's the Facebook page is, Again, Patricia Daly, and then I have a website, um, Self Transformation Through Music. Brilliant. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> that's it that's where it's at so Patricia I just want to say again thank you so so much um you know I very much value time and your time is very much appreciated for this um I will tag you over up on the Instagram page this should be we're recording now on Wednesday this should be out and ready for Friday so um wishing you a very very best of luck on your journey I know that we're now in touch and we won't be strangers to each other thankfully so best of luck and again thank you so much for coming on and we will chat again real soon um guys keep sharing over on instagram keep um getting interactive with the instagram page if we or i or you can help one person from this then we are winning times are tough as it is so why not just lighten up things a little bit by sharing the podcast page and i'm really looking forward to the next podcast but for now enjoy and take care thank you delighted